Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Millennial Pillow Talk. I am your host, Monique Esparza. Millennial Pillow Talk is a bi-weekly podcast centered around what it means to be a millennial in today's world. I am a Latina business owner and an expert in millennial influence. On this podcast, I discuss everything you can imagine, from deep conversations such as surviving sexual abuse, being a woman in the workplace, to lighthearted conversations such as dating and empowering millennials to be their authentic self. I have various guests on the show from different generations to share their experiences and wisdom to help us millennials while we're trying to figure out this game called life. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Millennial Pillow Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is a special episode. I have talked about somebody in every single one of my episodes and she is finally with us today. So Anne-Marie Smith is an entrepreneur, business owner, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and life coach. So thank you so much for being here. I am very honored to be here, sweetie. (laughs) So I want to just jump right into manifesting your life. So in a dating episode, me and my mom talked about me putting a man on my vision board, and I want to know what you did when you decided to meet my Uncle Matt? So 22 years ago, I was broke and broken and in the throes of a nasty divorce. And I realized at that moment, I was never, ever, ever gonna be this broken. And I knew that the relationship I wanted And the person I wanted to share my life with would have to be like living with my best friend. And I wanted it to be fun and exciting and spontaneous and just pure joy. I wanted him to be the first call I made every day. And if something exciting happened, he'd be the first to know. So I did a lot of research on people that were very successful and who I admired. And I learned about vision boards, uh, basically from Jack Canfield. And I started putting that into practice. So I thought of who's out there? What are the qualities I want in a husband? And I wanted someone nice looking. Um, I wanted somebody that was intelligent. I wanted somebody educated. I wanted somebody athletic. I wanted somebody that I could walk into an event and be so proud to say, this is my husband. And I thought, who's the closest semblance to somebody like that? And I picked John F. Kennedy Jr. I thought, he's perfect. He is athletic. He's smart. He's handsome. So a picture of John F. Kennedy Jr. went on my vision board. Well, he got married and then he died. So I knew really quick that wasn't going to be him. But I said, I wanted John F. Kennedy Jr. or better. Um, So fast forward a little bit. Uh, I had a picture of John F. Kennedy Jr. riding the 10 speed with the baseball cap on backwards. And one day I'm at work. I was a teacher at the time. And I was working on a 
Saturday morning, I was getting prepared for an accreditation and my boss drives up in a 10 speed with a baseball cap on backwards. No lie, like the hair on my back stood up. And I, I didn't really know him that well. Um, and long story short, here we are. We've been married 17 years and uh, he is everything I ordered, everything I imagined and better. So let's talk about vision boards because I know you've helped me get very clear with what I want. You know, I knew that I had a main goal, but you really helped me break it down specifically. So what advice or what, what was your method on that? So what I do to advise people on how to get what you want, um, I, I'm coming out with a book called You Only Get What You Order. And it takes the, what we do when we go to a restaurant and we order, we're very specific. If I were to take you to your favorite restaurant, you would be very specific about how you wanted the vegetables cooked, how you want your rice cooked, and your drink. And there's no um, confusion, there's no doubt in your mind that you're gonna get what you ordered. Unfortunately, most of us are so particular about what we order when we eat at a restaurant, but we don't order our life. You do the whatever in our life. You settle for the car, you settle for where you live, you settle for your boyfriend or mate, girlfriend, whatever. Um, and I tell people, try going to a restaurant and the waitress coming up to you asks you what you would like to order and you say, oh, I'll just take whatever. Well, what are the odds that you're gonna get what you ordered? Mm -hmm. You're gonna get what the waitress or waiter likes, but then you're gonna sit there and say, I don't like liver, <laughs> I hate onions, and I definitely don't like chai tea. Mm -hmm. Whose fault is it? Mm -hmm. You didn't order, you did a whatever. Right. So we do that in life. I, I, I tell you, I listen to people all the time. I hate my job. I hate my husband. I hate my car. I can't stand where I live. Well, you did the whatever. You weren't very clear. So step one is figure out what you want. What do you really, really, really want? And I tell you, that's the hardest part for most people because we aren't taught to think about what we want. Mm -hmm. Our culture, our society has this believing that we need to be about others first. So we never think about what we personally want. So I like to divide up what I want into five categories. Um, first of all, it's financial. What do I want my finances to look like? Spiritual, what is, what's gonna feed my spirit? What's gonna feed my soul? Family, what do I want that to look like? Um, community, how am I gonna pay it forward? How am I gonna be um, an asset um, to my community? And then um, my body, like how am I gonna take care of my, my body? What am I gonna feed it, nurture it? Um, so I divide it into those five areas. In finance, I'm very, and you can, you can make the list any way you want it. That just works for me. Mm -hmm. So financial, I put on there how much money I want to make in a year. And um, the spiritual part for me, how many books am I going to read? 
Um, I read about three books or do audible three books uh, a week. And that's what feeds and nourishes my mind and keeps me um, grounded, if you would, and keeps me spiritually connected to God. Um, family, what does that look like? How many vacations are we going to take together? Um, I have purchased homes that are family homes that all of our family can enjoy. And um, in fact, you were there this last weekend enjoying yourself. So that was a goal that I had to have places where my family could go and either we all are together or individually we can go and take a little breather. Um, and then community, how do I wanna make a difference? What, what am I gonna to do to give back? So I have goals, whether it's um, uh, give and subsidize rents or um, send people on vacation or anonymously pay for people's bills um, so it just depends on what I put on my board. Um, and then for health and fitness, um, for me, it's being at a comfortable weight and feeling healthy and doing things that nourish my body and keep me strong and active. So once I know those categories, then I list under that what's important to me, everything. So under finance, it could be where do I want to buy another vacation house or how many more rentals do I want to buy or, and then I'm very specific on how many, um, you know, I, I'd like to purchase 25 more rental properties this year. I would like to purchase a huge 8,000 to 12,000 square foot home in Lake Arrowhead on the lake. So I'm very specific about what I want. I've learned that, once you figure out what you want, then you specifically state what it is that you want. Because I could say, I want to buy a house in Lake Arrowhead. Well, it, it, it might not be the house that I'm dreaming of in my head. Mm -hmm. it, it could be a, you know, a little studio shack that's falling apart. I did manifest what I ordered, right. but it would just be like me going to the restaurant and saying, I'll take a, a chicken. Oh, who knows if it's fried, baked, boiled, whatever. So I've learned to be very specific because there are times that I've asked for something and I laugh because I wasn't specific and I laugh at what I got. Um, for example, um, I wanted to, to buy some land and I wanted, I just was throwing this out there for fun. I want to buy some land out in Coachella Valley and I only want to pay $15,000 for it. And, uh, I want a house on it. So lo and behold, one of my girlfriends is a realtor. She calls me up. She goes, I have this deal. This lady just wants to dump this. It's on six acres. It's, um, uh, I'm laughing because it's hilarious. It's on six acres. It's a house. It's got all the utilities and it's $15,000. I said, okay. I said, I'll take it. She goes, you don't want to see it. I said, no, I'll take it. No lie, this thing is a piece of junk, but the land is worth a lot of money. It's probably worth, you know, $150,000 of the land alone. But I laughed because I wasn't specific and I got exactly what I asked for. <laughs> I get, it's the running joke in our family right now. I tell the kids that's their inheritance and they're both like, yeah, no, mom, we'll pass on that one. But so the point is be very specific about what you order um, mm -hmm. and then once you're specific, I like to tell people randomly, just put 50 things on a list that you really, really want and dream big and they better scare you. Mm -hmm. 
Then once you put it in your order under your categories, try to get as specific about what you want. And then always say, I want, you know, a 12,000 square foot house, um, Tuscan style, 10 bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, um, or better. So I've, I've learned, or better. Um, because sometimes you're not going to get that, but you always want to leave yourself open for the old or better. Mm-hmm. And then I find pictures to match what I want. So, um, for example, you know, a couple of years ago, I put a new Louis Vuitton bag that I wanted. And I found a picture and I put it on my vision board. No lie. Somebody that worked uh, for me. Um, also worked for Louis Vuitton and he gifted me with that same bag. (laughs) That was crazy, but I was very specific on what I wanted. So know what you want, make a list, um, put it in a category and then find a picture to match that and put that on your vision board. Mm -hmm. Put your vision board somewhere where you can see it. Um, Mine is in my office. I see it every day and it, it doesn't have to, be any particular size, it's yours. Mm-hmm. I have actually two really big ones. Um, and then the next thing is that when it happens, um, or when you put it on your vision board, you act as if you already have it. So thank you for that Louis Vuitton bag. Thank you for my health. Thank you that I'm at my ideal body weight. Thank you that uh, I, you know, I stole Jack Canfield's mantra. Thank you for uh, my husband to die for. Thank you for the four and a half million dollar house I live in. Thank you for my crazy, amazing children. And thank you that we get to travel to the most exotic places in the world. And I say that all the time. So once things start happening, then I have a dreams accomplished board. And that's where the things that I've manifested go. And I do that by design because I'm always scaring myself with what I order. And and true to human nature, when you do that, it it makes you a little nervous, like, oh, is that gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Your your belief systems come into play. But when I look at Dreams Accomplished Board and I think, boy, my husband's on there, my daughter, my son, our home, our cars, our health. Um, then it reemphasizes like, yes, it's possible. Cause those were huge dreams. that scared me crapless. <laughs> so it gives me confidence to put bigger ones on the new board that eventually I'll move over. Mm-hmm. And you've taught me too, that when making goals, you always keep someone else in mind because sometimes we settle like, Oh, it's fine. I don't, you know, I've gotten so far. I'm good with this. But when you put somebody else you know, in that position, you want to work harder so you can reach that goal. Absolutely. Um, when I first started this, um, my husband uh, is adopted. And in his first marriage, he adopted two children. And he is just such an amazing person. And not just because he's my husband, but he is just makes me a better person. And I remember testing my vision board newfound belief and and praying to god that i wish we could have children for him because i wanted him to experience what it was like to be biologically connected to another person and i put a picture of a little girl 
on my vision board. And it was right in the driveway, right in my garage. So when you pulled up from the driveway, it's the first thing you would see. And the first time he saw it, he says, you know, I, I can't have children. I said, I know. I said, but I already prayed to God because I want you to experience that. I want you to experience what it's like to have children you actually have something in common with and that adore you and that you, you just, you're just a, a fit. Um, and sure enough, I ended up pregnant. And, and I remember the look on his face when we found out, he was like, how did this happen? How did this? And I, I just thought it's, it was, it's what we ordered. It's what right. I ordered. And I wanted it for you. I had been a teacher by that time for a lot of years. So I didn't really have a strong maternal need, mm -hmm. but for him. So we come home with Caitlin and it's funny because I have a picture. I still have it. picture of a little girl with a hair bow. That little girl now is 16. She stopped wearing hair bows about two years ago, <laughs> but her whole life she wore hair bows. So she was very true to the picture I put up there. Um, the, when she was born, um, brought her home and I already had a picture of a little boy ready. So I moved hers to dreams accomplished and I put a picture of our little boy. Caitlin was three months old and pregnant with Michael. And I remember going to the doctor and uh, I said, I think I'm pregnant. He goes, you are? I said, with a boy. He's like, really? I said, I am. I, I said, I ordered a boy. Sure enough, it was a boy. I knew he thought I was frapping nuts at the time until I delivered the boy. Uh -huh. um, but it, it really made a difference because I wanted something for somebody else. Um, when I bought my first house by myself um, before I met Matt, before I had the kids, I remember saying, dear God, I really want to make a difference in this world. I want to be wealthy. I want to buy this home for the future of my unborn children. Um, with, as I was growing, developing companies, raising my children, my next goal was I, I want to have enough money to make a difference in my mom and dad's life. I want them to be able to have an amazing life and I don't ever want them to worry about um, money. I want them to be in a safe, beautiful home um, that they can, they can just truly enjoy. And that, that happened. The first time I bought them a house, um, they're now in their second house. It, it, it's so much more gratifying when you do something for somebody else that can never pay you back. Mm -hmm. So that, that's been a big secret of mine that what I do, I do with the intent for somebody else first. Mm -hmm. And you really taught me a lot too about gratitude. I really, I mean, I've been grateful my whole life, but I think this past year, like I journal now, I don't remember the last time I journaled, like in middle school, maybe expressing my feelings and crushes, but like every morning I wake up and I journal now. So where did you learn or go in depth with gratitude? You know, I've always been a really grateful kid. I remember probably early as five or six years old, um, I loved, loved my grandma. Um, and I used to thank God that I had a grandma. And that, I, I, I just, I loved spending time with her. I loved going to her house. And thank goodness my mom and dad were very open. I went to her house every day. And every day I would say, thank you. 
God. Thank you that I have a grandma. Thank you that I have a mom. Thank you that I have a dad. And I would go through a list of everything I was thankful for. Thank you for the trash man. Thank you for, you know, when you're little, it's just like yeah. whoever crosses your path, you're thankful for. Thank you for the paleta man. Um, so I just, it just became my habit to be grateful. And during some of the darkest times of my life, being grateful pulled me out of that. Because even if it was, thank you, God, for being able to touch the ground with my feet. Thank you that my eyes opened. Thank you that I um, have food to eat. And it, when you're in a place of gratitude, it doesn't really leave room for depression or mm -hmm. sadness or anger or envy. You just get in a, a mode of being grateful. Um, I, I was so grateful that wherever I lived, I could always hear the birds. And that's always been something very joyful to me. Um, John Kralik, who's, I just adore his work. Um, he wrote a book called A Simple Act of Gratitude. And it was about writing thank you cards and how it transformed his life. And I read the book when it first came out. And that really upped my gratitude to write thank you cards or write a thank you email or say thank you a hundred times a day. It just depends on, you know, what type of gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going to a place where people are working really hard and leaving them like a, a super big tip and looking at them smile and jumping in excitement and knowing that you, you made a difference, mm -hmm. you know, in their life. Um, saying, just saying thank you. Um, but that has been life changing for me, being grateful. So you are CEO of multiple companies, more than I can even count, more than I can even make websites for at this point. Like these companies are just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> so how did that all pretty much start? Did you have support? Were you nervous? You know, how did you feel? Well, my background is um, education. I have a master's degree in, in social change and educational leadership. And I was a school teacher for many years and a school administrator. And when Caitlin, our oldest, was born, I realized my goal of becoming a superintendent wasn't going to fit in with my goal of being an amazing mom and raising amazing children, crazy amazing children. So I made the decision that I would uh, start a company. Prior to that, um, Matt and I started investing in real estate. We took every penny we had uh, for 10 years and we just bought real estate and we bought and we bought and we lived very simply, no vacations, no new cars, um, no fancy dinners. We just were very simple for 10 years because we knew um, like Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that we eventually wanted our real estate to pay for our life. And we wanted a grand life with a lot of choices. So it started with the real estate company. And then I started an after school company. And I realized that I loved creating jobs for people. And that really was at the core of how these companies started. I, I just love employing people. Our real estate company turned into a, a real estate um, development company where we buy and hold homes and apartments and we 
make them beautiful and we subsidize rents for people to live in beautiful, safe neighborhoods. So I just found a lot of joy in doing that. And then, you know, an opportunity comes up and, hey, let's open up a beer and hamburger place. And <laughs> oh, we don't have an ice cream place. Let's open up an ice cream place. And let's do um, grant writing. I was a great grant writer and taught people how to do that. Now we have a grant writing company. We have a printing company. Uh, so there was no, you know, method to my madness, except mm -hmm. that we wanted to create jobs for people and we wanted to be diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and we met our goal of buying enough real estate after 10 years that both, you know, I stopped working and retired at 40 and Matt retired last year. Um, so, you know, not having to work, but loving to work is what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, did it, did we have the support? I think people thought I was crazy. You know, I know grandpa thought I was crazy <laughs> buying a big house and it was just me and telling them my dream of owning lots and lots of houses and renting with people. And um, I, I don't know that they knew how to support what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, so my um, strength, my encouragement came from the books I read, the mentors, you know, Jack Canfield, a wonderful man. I love him to death. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, another man who's just amazing. They had no idea they were my mentors. Oprah, um, Tony Robbins. I read everything they wrote and I did everything they said to do. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful that it worked. Mm -hmm. um, I had the, the voice in my head from my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Spruston, who says, you could be anything you want to be in this world. Just got to do it. And um, that was a support that I had. Obviously, my constant prayers to God. You know, that was my best friend. And um, I would, I do, I still talk to him like, you know, we're you know, best friends. And sometimes <laughs> You're his favorite I tell daughter. Him, you know, <laughs> I am, I'm his favorite daughter. And I joke with him, like, wouldn't it be funny if I got really rich and I told people that, you know, you did it. You helped me, you carried me during my darkest times. And you know, when I only had money for pintos and cheese and 52 cents, I'd be like, wouldn't it be funny if today I found a dollar four, you know, and two pintos and cheese. So I, I, that was the support I had and, and reading and fortifying my mind and nourishing my thoughts and dreams with that. And now you're helping others by writing your own books. So tell yes. us about that and crazy yes. amazing. So I am a number one international best-selling author. Yay. Um, I know it's so weird to say. <laughs> uh, my own own book now is being launched uh, next week. Um, I trademarked Crazy Amazing, and the first book is called Raising Crazy Amazing Kids. And I interviewed hundreds of people, literally families who I thought had amazing children. And I found tips and I put everything together and I tried to find what the, um, what were the constants? Like, what did they do that was consistent? Mm -hmm. And I put a book together because I thought whether you're rich or poor, whether you're 
you know, just a, a, an average person or a highly successful, intelligent person. I wanted the tips to work for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be things that were doable. So yes, uh, Raising Crazy Amazing Kids uh, is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a franchise of books. So my kids and my niece will be writing the next book called uh, Raising Crazy Amazing Parents. Um, they're teenagers now and they know it all. So I figured who better to write a book? <laughs> they do. The experts. They do know it all. Yeah. <laughs> that um, is so funny. And there's a free ebook too on your yes. website. Yes. That is so helpful. I love the little questions that you can self-reflect and answer. So definitely check that out. Her website is crazyamazing.com. Um, you can purchase ebooks and her books and then we're going to come out with a podcast yes the crazy amazing podcast so one more thing to add to her crazy amazing life i love the millennial <laughs> influence because i'm so old school and you're like auntie that's a, like 80s i 80s know people do that <laughs> i was redoing her website and she was not liking my vibe of it and i'm like no. we're trying to influence millennials like you've helped me over the past year transform my life like we need to attract other millennials yes yes what did you wish that you knew in your 20s or 30s oh my goodness um if i was going back and speaking to my 20 year old self i would say know who you are figure out who you are as a person um I'm, I'm a big advocate of education mm-hmm. because while I don't think education makes you smarter, it is one thing that tests you um, to push your boundaries. So when everybody else is vacationing or going out and you're writing a paper, mm-hmm. um, it teaches you discipline. It teaches you um, what other people are going through and what they live. So I'm a big advocate. Do that just to continue your self-development. The other piece is, uh, You know, I I tell my kids, before you get married, um, I want you to have a degree and I want you to purchase your own house and live alone for a little while. Because when you live alone, then you know what you like. You know how to fill your refrigerator. You know how to decorate. And you walk into a a partnership with a mate knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And then together you can blend and make it better. But don't ever, don't, don't get into a serious relationship until you know who you are mm-hmm. and, and, and that you've accomplished some really wild things that you want to do. Did you travel the world? Did you, um, you know, did you become a millionaire? Nowadays for you millennials, becoming a millionaire at 20 is easy. <laughs> you know, do that. Um, fly first class everywhere. Um, you know, give make a difference in your community, but I want you to live and spend your youth so that when you find that partner, then you, you're a partnership and it Mm -hmm. makes your life even better. I adore being married to my husband. We've been married 17 years and we still have a fun time together. Every day we go and we get an iced tea from McDonald's and we, we love doing that. It's just something we do. It's corny and it's cheesy, but we talk about the craziest things. We laugh. He makes me laugh. Um, And 
And when you know who you are, you know what you can, what you want in a relationship and you won't settle. Mm -hmm. um, when you have kids, have them and, and put yourself in a position, especially women, and I advocate this all the time, put yourself in a financial position that you can still make money and be a mom. So I run several companies. I work from home. My kids up until two years ago didn't think I worked. They would <laughs> tease my husband, dad, what does she do all day long? And Matt, Mr. Chuckles would say, I have no idea. I bet she just watches soap operas and eats ice cream. And I looked at him with a raised eyebrow, like, really? Really, dude? <laughs> but, but that's the beauty of live your life, put yourself in a position. If you want to have kids and, and have a family and raise children and be in a position, make your money, be a partner to your husband, and then do that because you can have it all. Right. Perfect. So Monique, you know, based on my advice that I give to my children, uh, that I'd like them to live on their own for a little bit so that they know um, what that's like and they know who they are. Um, you recently moved out on your own. Tell mm -hmm. me what that's been like. <laughs> I love it. It was funny because you always used to tell me that you didn't get like OCD until you moved out. And before when I lived at home, like I didn't even know I had a carpet because I could never even see the ground, you know, but here I'm like super anal about everything. Like my dishes need to be washed before I go to bed after every meal. Like my house needs to be put together. My bed needs to be made, even though it's not made right now because I was lounging in it, but like everything needs to be in its own place. I just bought a vacuum and that was like the best thing that has happened in a really long time. Like I was just so excited to come home and mop and vacuum. Like I love it. It's like a whole new me. Even my dad will tell me, he'll call me and he's like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, just cleaning. He's like, can I talk to my daughter? Like, <laughs> I don't know who this is, but yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. It's, it's so different. I don't have my mom here to, you know, remind me to do certain things. No. I just, I love having it organized. Now, what did it feel like? Now I'm doing the interviewing. What did it feel like to, to design your place? Because I know you painted and you were very specific about mm -hmm. what the look you wanted. Mm -hmm. Did you uh, even yeah. know you had a look? I didn't. No, I did not. Like it, I went on Pinterest and I'm like, oh my gosh, like my Pinterest boards are coming to life. Like I didn't have somebody telling me, no, like that doesn't go with it. Like nothing like that. Like I literally designed it how I liked. I picked out my bed. I picked out the hugest bed. It's pretty much like 90% of the, the living area because I wanted such a big comfortable bed. Colors are super neutral. I have plants everywhere. Like I am, I didn't even know I had this vibe about me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the fun part because, you know, when I got married the first time, um, I, I had gone from living with my parents to living with a husband mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I didn't really have time to figure out what I liked or what my style was. So after my divorce, I was single for three years and it, for the first time, it was really fun decorating my own place. And you know, if I bought a box of Twinkies and put them in the refrigerator, they were there every time I opened the refrigerator. Um, so little things like that, mm -hmm. that I experienced, I got very comfortable with being alone mm -hmm. and not needing to be busy and entertained. 
And that was such an asset for me once I got married um, to enjoy the, the couple time and then the family time because I had already had so much alone time. Right. So I, I'm super excited for you. I love what you've done with your place and I'm, I'm can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on Millennial Pillow Talk. Oh, How can you. our listeners reach you? Um, you can reach me at AnnemarieEsparzaSmith.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Smith Fun Bunch, and Anne-Marie Smith. Reach out to me. I'm happy to engage with you. Um, you know, if you want a signed book, reach out to me. I'm happy to sign a book for you. And anything I can do to help you be at the best place, live with passion, and just have a crazy, amazing life. Don't settle. Right. Perfect. Thank you so much. And the two small businesses that I would like to shout out is Bun Street and Scoop Street. Those are the two businesses that they own. So go in and get a delicious burger, some mac and cheese, and then go next door and get a funnel cake. It is delicious. Tell them we sent you Millennial Pillow Talk. (laughs) But thank you so much. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.